Hey folks, welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. I'm your host, Richard Gaffin, director of digital product strategy here at Common Thread Collective. I am joined, as I always am, by Taylor Holiday, who's the CEO here at CTC. Taylor, what's going on today? Well, I'm on a new diet, Richard. Oh, get out of here. Moved out of a bulking phase into a cutting phase oh, wow. here. And so I'm on, I'm on, so let's see, about 300 milligrams of caffeine and no food. So I expect to be high energy today. Excellent. <laughs> Sorry. So that's the diet? Caffeine, no food? Well, it's just, I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Exactly. <laughs> it's just okay. sustained by caffeine. Interesting. Moving into the cut as we go into the colder months. That's an interesting move. That's right. Of course. Exactly. Yeah, I, you guys, very contrarian. <laughs> I like to bulk up in the summer months. I know. Well, and cut in the winter. For me, I'm, I'm going into a cut phase myself. And that's just because I procrastinate oh, nice. the cut phase until it happens to be the holidays. And now, now I'm finally going to do it. So I don't know. We'll, well see it just happens. sucks. Yeah. The cut phase sucks. So yeah. you just, you kind of put it off and yeah, exactly. being overindulgent is much more fun. So true. Uh, and speaking of which, let's indulge in some, uh, talking about the Black Friday offers. So uh, kind of the, 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 the main theme today is today we're dropping as we have for the last two years or last three years, really, uh, the Black Friday Cyber Monday offer database. So this takes the top 700 brands from 2PM's D2C power list. And then on the day itself, we have a team of people who goes online and screenshots every single Black Friday offer on the day itself. And then we compile all that information into a database. We make it sortable by vertical. We make it sortable by discount type, whatever. And we combine some learnings from that data or we create learnings from that data. And then we also sell the data itself and also the, the library of about this year's more than 3,000 screenshots uh, that go along with that data, right? So the thrust of what Taylor and I want to talk about today is some of the learnings from the data this year and kind of turn that into a, to, to a conversation about what your Q4 offer strategy should look at. Because I think this data uh, is pretty telling about like what you should actually do or what makes sense for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So let's kick it off. We're going to go point through point by point through this article. Or the article that's going to be published today, I believe it's the September the 27th when we're recording this and, and just sort of talk through some of our learnings here. But the, the one I want to start with is in some ways the most interesting one, because this is the only data point that really fundamentally changed year over year was the fact that the most common Black Friday offer type last year was no offer at all. Almost 30% of brands on this list ran no Black Friday offer whatsoever. Uh, generally speaking, the site-wide discount is the winner, but the site-wide actually dropped to second place at about 25%. So Taylor, let's kick it off there. What does this mean? And does this mean everybody should run no offer this buck? <laughs> so one, it's important to understand, we see our role in the ecosystem of DTC as context. The benefit of an agency is we have a really broad view of things. And one of the things I see happen over all the time is that it is very easy for an anecdote from an individual brand to become the driving narrative for the entire industry. And that is really dangerous. Yep. And so this is a great example of a narrative violation, which is that I, I'll say myself, never would have anticipated this to come back as the data point in looking at last year. Like if I think about my experience or my anecdotal understanding of last year, I never would have thought that more brands ran no discount. But when you have multiple years of the same 800 brands and thousands of examples of offers, you can track these things in a way that actually gives you clarity of what's really occurring across all of them. And so it was. Last year, we saw an increase in the amount of brands that ran no discount. Now, I don't know 
knowing some of those brands, I have intimate knowledge of some of the brands that I've seen that have changed, uh, that this was a great idea. I don't know. I can't comment on the performance relative to expectation for these brands, but it, I think there tends to be in this moment a grand temptation to be contrarian mm -hmm. is that it feels like I have to find some way to cut through the noise of Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And we've seen, you know, the REI example is rooted in everyone's head where they got a bunch of PR for shutting down their site, saying go outside or whatever. <laughs> and so we feel this pressure to do something different. And I noticed this a lot in entrepreneurs, especially with like ads are a great example where sometimes we forget that we're advertising to somebody who doesn't know us. Mm -hmm. And I remember this at Kalo. We used to have, at Kalo, we had this general intro to the brand that was, uh, you know, a, a silicone wedding ring was the, you know, the wedding ring for the active lifestyle. And it, we had to sort of generally introduce this idea, right? And then eventually you sort of forget that you're still introducing it because you've run that ad so much that you're like, I have to say something new and novel all the time, but you always have to remain in this introductory phase. The same is sort of true for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, is that because you ran 20% off last year, you feel like, I got to do something different. And there's pressure to do that. And this feels a little bit like me, like an attempt at contrarianism that I would not actually recommend following. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think maybe one of the lessons there, or the thought I was just having, was that still every single year people are buying people shop on Black Friday because they want the product. They don't shop for the product because it's Black Friday, if that makes any sense. And so I think that the idea there is like, yeah, if you if you don't make noise, or rather people are expecting you to do something similar to like a Super Bowl ad in some ways, where it's like, oh, it has to be sort of surprising and interesting. And, and Black Friday is this huge day for advertising. But really it's not. Black Friday is a day that people get a discount on products that they were expecting to buy or planning to buy for a while. And so doing something out of the ordinary, unless it's very specifically brand related or you're big enough to pull it off. Like it just doesn't make sense to do anything other than I think like the sort of set of things that we're going to walk you through. And as we talk in this podcast, here, here's the truth about black Friday, cyber Monday, black Friday, cyber Monday is the realization of a year's worth of commitment mm -hmm. to brand awareness, driving and new customer acquisition. That that's what it is. So if you are in a place where you haven't been committed to that, then you're finding yourself scrambling to drive disproportionate value capture relative to the rest of the year year. But, and I'm stealing that line a little bit from Ben at True Classic T, who I we mentioned that I was on the panel with him last week uh, at, at Commerce Roundtable. And that's exactly what he said, is that Black Friday and this holiday period is just the realization of all the work you've done so far. All the commitment to the top of funnel actions and all the commitment to new customer acquisition so that when you go and you say to everyone, Here's our best offer. It's simple. It's clear. It's communicative of the, the product and what someone gets. You satiate a ton of pent-up demand and awareness for you and consideration of you in a moment. And it's not about novelty and cleverness. It's about clarity and realizing all of that work that you've done up ahead of this moment where the mm -hmm. cultural demand for buying things meets the awareness of your product in a way that helps you realize a bunch of value. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, the only brands for which novelty makes sense is something like Cards Against Humanity. Remember, they used to do, they raised their price $5 or whatever, because that's just, that's what people expect and, and in some ways hope for from them, right? But none of, nobody's brand is that, right? So, so that novelty aside then, is there a situation or under what circumstances would you say it makes sense to run no discount? 
you have no inventory. <laughs> I think <laughs> sure. I think that's the answer. Yeah. There there are brands. This is real, right? Like so if I think about I was just listening to Andrew talking uh, to Curie on their podcast and they're talking about running out of inventory all the time because something happens like I don't know their circumstance so I'm not but I'm just saying that if you are light on inventory, you want to maximize the marginal value of every SKU. And the reality is you might not need to run a discount to do that. Mm -hmm. And so don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hold your ground, maximize that value capture. But for most people, I think they're probably, if I were to look at a spectrum of like too much inventory to too little inventory, we're still probably on the too much inventory side. Mm -hmm. And the likelihood is that running a discount is going to actually help to sort through some of that problem and turn that back into a cash ahead of the, maybe your sort of lull or, or the valley of your market of your revenue calendar. Mm -hmm. And so I think most people, it's time to, it's time to push it and go realize as much yeah. of that value as you can. Yeah. Moral of the story, the solution to the, the uh, amount of noise on Black Friday is not to make no noise whatsoever by having no discount. So, okay. So here's a bet. Let's make a bet real fast, Richard, for everybody listening. Do you think it's up or down this year? No discount. The amount of none. I think it's down. I think if... I think it's down I think too. it wouldn't... It just like the no, amount of brands for whom it didn't work last year, it's, it's going to sort of make a meaningful impact on what happens. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's down below the 2021 number. So let's yeah. see. 2021 was 22% of brands ran none. In 2022, it was 29% ran none. Mm -hmm. I'm betting... The over-under, I'm going to set at the 2021 number, 22%, and I'll take the under. I think we see sub-20% of brands run no discount. Okay. I'll take, I'll take the mild over, just over okay. 20%. Great. Okay. So let's walk through then. So if not discounting is not the answer, let's walk through what is the answer. So first off, and this is a point we've made every year, the most important thing you can do is make the offer easy. So go site-wide, go no coupon code. So maybe dig into this a little bit, Taylor. Yeah. So this is just, again... Clarity is the most powerful marketing message, and you don't want to make the user work for it. So coupon codes have this challenge of remembering the coupon code. Now, if you pre-populate the cart with it and things like that, then fine. That sort of reduces the friction for sure. But the point is just like, make the site 20% off, have all the prices reduced, strike, give them that good visual strike through, and make it so that I don't, as the customer, have to do any work to realize your discount. Mm -hmm. Like you're not trying to make it this gate, this like, hurdle I have to climb over to solve some riddle to make it make me get a discount, mm -hmm. right? Make it simple, reduce the friction. And site-wide does that 20 to 30% off tends to be the sweet spot where people sit. Sub 20% off doesn't really make a difference. Most of you are running 10 to 15% on your welcome pop email already. Mm -hmm. So that sort of provides the line that you've got to clear to create some sort of new incentive. Uh, and that usually sits in the 20 to 30% off range in a way that makes it really easy. 20 to 30% off uh, and go from there. What can happen, I say, the next the next most common thing that we see, so if site-wide is at 25%, right next to it is select SKUs. And this is usually where brands are going to sort of pre-bake the margin that they need to protect themselves. So they're going to bundle products. They're going to look at their higher margin products. And they're going to create a discount on a subset of products for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. This is often where you're also trying to liquidate inventory and things like that. And so rather than everything being off, and in a, in a really broad set of SKUs, inventory is probably different across all of them. And so maybe them, you're like, hey, we don't, this is our core product. We're actually going to sell out of this at holiday at full price. We don't need to run a discount here. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take this subset of things and we're going to discount it. Those two were neck and neck, site-wide 25% off, select SKUs 24% off. Then it's really just about merchandising the website so that it's very clear and make it really easy for me to access the things that are on discount. Mm -hmm. And so, so then you, you kind of touched on point number two, which is to say that Less than 20% is not a discount. And I think that raises the point that 
making noise on Black Friday to some extent is about creating contrast with your own brand's messaging throughout the rest of the year as well. So to that end, like like you're saying, like, yeah, 10 to 15% discounts usually are available all the time on most brands' websites. So make it deeper than that. And then you kind of touched again on, on the third point, which is about profitability. And our, our point here and in the article itself, it's about guiding you through like how to plan out and forecast Q4 so that it remains profitable for you. But I think that kind of gets into the situation where a 20% site-wide discount may not make sense for you in terms of profitability and margin. So maybe talk through a little bit about uh, our points around profitability during this time. Yeah. Every year, here's the thing that's going to happen. Drew Sanaki has a Twitter thread from Postpilot that he's going to publish about how one year they ran a discount on Black Friday, Cyber Monday and lost a bunch of money on the sales. Uh, and you're going to hear these stories and it's going to be intended to sort of illustrate this point. But a bunch of people are going to use it as validation to not run discounts. And I'm telling you, that's a bad idea. This is just about being financially prudent with whatever offer you're running. Mm-hmm. Right. Anytime you run an offer, whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whether it's your Labor Day sale or whether it's your core customer acquisition offer, ensuring that you understand the marginal value of that sale and the CAC at which you're acquiring the customer and ensuring that you make money on that is critical to basic. That's like a basic principle of new customer acquisition. So guess what? It still applies here. And because discounting tends to be the primary mechanism of this moment, discounting is margin destructive. And so you just have to make sure that you're doing the math about how you set that offer target how you understand the total variable costs associated with it, and that you make sure that you're planning your targets for acquisition accordingly. Now, one of the areas I'll tell you that people tend to miss on the where this gets compressed or screwed up is that what happens when you discount is actually that AOV goes up because people buy more things. So this is like a, 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 mm. a thing that's like not intuitive is that you think that when you run a discount, what happens is the prices get lower, so your AOV goes down, but that's not what happens at all, especially on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, is you increase the discount, AOV goes up because people buy more things. And so what that also does is it can change the dynamics of your shipping so that maybe there are these thresholds where you move into a different dim, so like dimensional weight of the product, so your shipping cost increases. So you do do have to do the math of understanding that part, because where I have seen people not do a good job of anticipating is this. So they don't understand that the units per order is going to go up. And so then the box that they're shipping in or the way that they're doing their pick pack fees, they're not doing a good job of anticipating that. So that is one part that I would make sure you understand is if the units per order go up, how does that affect Mm. your fulfillment fees if you're getting charged on a per pick basis? And then how do you think about how you assign costs to the customer in light of that? So that's one area to just take some time and do the math. So speaking of which, maybe you can't answer this offhand, I don't know, but what percentage of, let's say, our portfolio of clients or Brands and Statless or whatever, do you think can handle a 20 to 30% site-wide discount without it being a major profitability issue? I mean, all of them can. So because I bet if we look, and I don't, I don't have this data right in front of me, so I, I should. If we look at the efficiency gain on customer acquisition mm-hmm. in the period, I'm willing to bet it's 20 to 30%. And I can, I can pull this up while we're talking here. But that's the offset here, right? Is that you're trading an increase in AOV, which is more total marginal dollars, and an efficiency gain in acquisition through increased conversion rate that offsets the marginal value of the sale. And, that, and that's the bet, right? Is that you're saying, we're going to reduce the margin capture on a cost of goods basis because the 
price of the product, price per unit is going to come down on the discount. But my efficiency on acquisition and my increasing conversion rate are going to offset that in a way that wins. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's, that's what we're all betting on in this period of time. And so every brand, I would say, can sustain it. They can. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a matter of really getting clear on the economics and making sure that you're not. Now, if you have products, like there are some brands that are listening to us that are retailers. Uh, and so they, are, they have less margin. Maybe you have way less gross margin per SKU. And so there's just not that much room here. And you have to be careful. So again, be thoughtful, understand your unit economics and make the right decision. For, but for us, I would say most brands are. Now, we have a couple of brands that have a principled no discount policy. It's just their brand ethos and they're committed to that. And so they're that's what they're going to be doing. They're going to offer free shipping this holiday, and that's going to be the best that the that, that customer gets. Yeah. Okay. So to that point, maybe specifically about AOV, we have our point four in this article is around if you can't make the unit economics work, go with the spend X, save Y, or buy X, get Y model, which is another way of, I mean, essentially it's sort of like the gift with purchase model, really, which is to say that you're not, you're able maybe to manage margin a little bit more while still giving people a discount that feels sort of all-inclusive or all-encompassing or, or bigger than normal. Um, so that could be potentially be one tactic around if you can't do a site-wide offer uh, or you don't want to. But that kind of leads into... Oh, go ahead. Well, so one, that was the biggest gainer mm -hmm. in terms of percentage increase in offer concept was actually a gift with purchase or, or no, sorry, buy get. Buy yeah. get was the largest. And we do this for Bamboo Earth, right? And here's, here's why. Okay. If your product costs are less than 20%, so in Bamboo Earth's case, our product cost is actually like 13 to 18% per SKU. So if you do buy one, get one, that to the customer feels like almost a 100% discount on something. If I buy one, I get something completely free, high perceived value, but the actual cost to us is only 13%, right? Like, so you're adding on a different margin profile that the, the, the take rate for us as a business is actually better on a buy one, get one than it is on a 25% discount. Mm -hmm. So that is an example where understanding the unit economics can increase to a higher perceived offer for the customer. Buy one, get one is a higher perceived value than 20% off. And yet it's still a better deal for us as a business in terms of how we make money. Mm -hmm. And so for brands where you have low product costs and lots of gross margin per SKU, buy one, get one, or buy, get something tends to be a really powerful offer concept. Mm -hmm. and, and is it generally speaking, do you do buy one, get one of anything? Or is it buy one of X, get another one of the same product? Usually of the, of the same. And that's, that's on the back of two insights. One, it's a technical thing. It makes it way simpler to, to build that mechanism versus them having to make another choice. And then secondarily, you know what the most common second purchase is in almost every brand across every product category on earth? It's the same product again. Mm -hmm. And this, this is true even in like shoes. Interesting. Like a category where you'd think like white sneakers, what's the most common secondary purchase? The same product again. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is, I have seen very, very, very few cases where that is not true for a business that the most likely second product a customer is going to purchase is the same as what they bought on the first. Fascinating. Because I was going to say like maybe for Bamboo Earth specifically, it makes sense because it's a cosmetics brand and people need multiple of the same thing. But that's that's an interesting insight that like ultimately people just want the same thing over and over again. So there's not a more overrated principle in e-commerce than cross-selling. Interesting. It's like it's it is so overrated in how rare customers will actually cross-sell into new product categories when they come in on a specific one. Fascinating. All right. Clip it, Corey. That's, that's a good one. 
Okay, so then in terms of boosting AOV, which is something we discussed, that's sort of like one of the big advantages of Black Friday. Building, if you're doing, rather, if you're not doing buy one, get one, creating tiers uh, or bundles or something along those lines to sort of guide people towards building bigger carts, stacking AOV, growing their AOV, that kind of thing. Any any insights there on on bundles and tiers? Because I've observed that this is some one of the most complicated types of offers and it's hard to understand so what's your what's your yeah. take on on the bundle tier type i agree i i think it's hard to communicate mm -hmm. now what's powerful about it is it tends to drive aov way up right so usually what you're doing is hundred dollars twenty percent discount two hundred dollars thirty percent discount four hundred dollars forty percent discount right so you're trying to draw people into adding more things Generally speaking, I'm doing this if I have a bunch of inventory to move and I want to increase a bunch of units per order. I want to increase the volume of things that are happening. If my shipping cost doesn't increase substantially when people add more units to their cart, and so I'm offsetting the marginal discount by saving on the shipping side of things, there's all sorts of reasons why that kind of incentive becomes really valuable. I think you just have to be able to message it clearly. And so if it's 110%, 220%, 330%, 440%, that's simpler. But the second you start asking people 118 percent and then 222 percent, and then like yeah. you're like doing math in their head, that becomes more complicated. So I think it's just a messaging thing. And I think clarity is what I would encourage more than anything else. You either have to like if I were to think about an XY matrix of like clarity and novelty, mm -hmm. okay, uh, that maybe the most powerful message is something that's novel and clear, if you can come up with something like that. But then I would say the second most valuable is not very novel, but clear. And the worst is like not novel, not clear. Uh, so if I think about each of those quadrants, I just want to make sure that I'm really high on the clarity spectrum well, before, I, before I fight for this like novelty or nuance in it. Because it's just like, I'm in an email, I'm on my phone. I'm like, what's this offer? I don't understand. It's confusing. Is this good for me? Is it bad for me? You just want to make sure people understand. Yeah. I, one example I think that kind of hits that novelty and clarity piece is I want to say it was Cotopaxi maybe two years ago did one where each item that was in a specific tier of like, you know, you get X amount, you know, $100 off this set of products, $200 off this set of products. And then if you bundled them, you would get a certain discount, but it was all visual. So it was basically like on the website, you saw sort of $100 off, whatever. And then images of the specific products that fit into those tiers. And then you could sort of build your cart and it would do the math for you in the cart to the side. And so I think like one one thing that I've observed about the the tiering system is that it's really hard to explain in words. So if there's any way that you can not use words and use visuals to illustrate what the tiering looks like, I think that that's probably the way to go. And on, the only real way to make it make sense off the bat, I think. So speaking of visuals, let's go to uh, point six here. This is a little detour into the world of creative. Unlock joy with holiday themed aesthetics is how we've headlined this. Now, that's just in some ways that's mere observation that obviously like most brands when they run black friday sales are speaking to the moment it's black friday the holidays are here time to get gifts maybe speak a little bit about like what your sense of the importance of that is yeah this is this is where i actually have this part of me that is is a brand marketer mm -hmm. that i really believe that this falls into this category of I don't have definitive data to prove it. And if I were running a brand, it's just something I would care about because I would care about showing that we understand how to meet the customer where they are all the time. That would just be a principle of mine of like presenting our brand in a way that fits into the life of our customers in a way that is consistent with the moment. But 
thinking about how your product visually meets into the season, in the holiday season, into the aesthetic of people's lives, I believe matters. It's the Starbucks red cup, mm -hmm. right? It's just that there's an idea about what we have culturally as how we behave, how we decorate our homes, how we engage in this moment that I want to be a part of for the specific customer subset that I'm serving. Mm -hmm. I always want to help them to see us in their life. And so the more that I can understand that and visually present that, I think the better that you're going to be. Mm -hmm. And maybe and so go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say maybe that that kind of speaks to or, or made me think like that, that the place in some ways for novelty or for feed breaking, whatever is, is in the creative itself. Obviously, like everybody's going to have a similar holiday message, but making it yours specific to you, specific to your brand, and then make, these, make sure that the offer isn't novel. The offer needs to not be novel, but maybe the creative benefits from a little bit more of that, if that makes sense. That's right. That's right. I think that clarity plus seasonal moment yeah. really makes sense. And there's, here's what I would go do. There's a woman, her name is Salma on Twitter, and she has been doing a lot of awesome examples of mid-journey plus AI product photography, where what she is showing is how to use AI and mid-journey to create the landscape or background imagery that you can then set your product into. And she's doing examples all the time. And this to me is an example where, you know what's really hard to do is to actually plan and produce a photo shoot where you have snow mm -hmm. <laughs> or where you have you know a beautifully decorated home that is holiday themed. But this is where I think AI is going to transform brands and bring them into landscapes and settings and backgrounds and flat lays and mm -hmm. all these different elements. So I would go look at what she's doing. And this, this is a way that I think if you wanted to dabble into leveraging a tool like Midjourney or what ChatGPT Chat just rolled out with Dolly, like this to me is an, an area where getting into these background settings uh, and trying to figure out how they might work for your product is a big opportunity. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's move on then to to our next point, which is point seven here, which is this idea about reserving your best offers for email, SMS, and DM. And so again, this is partially an observation as much as it is a suggestion. But one of the the examples that we have here is around Dollar Shave Club, who didn't run a Black Friday sale, but then did run a huge sale that was only messaged through its email list. Now, of course, Dollar Shave Club is pretty big, so maybe they can afford to do that more than others can. But maybe talk through that, like the value maybe more generally, the value of email on Black Friday, because I know that's been, that's been a huge point for us in the past. So one of the things I like to do is I like to think about rewarding customers within the context that are your loyal people inside of the general offer. So one thing I would like to do is site-wide 20% off. And then within that, take subsets of your SKUs and to your email and SMS list only, offer them exclusive plus ups on that idea. Hmm. For the next four hours, 35% off this subset of things for email and SMS subscribers only. Give them a reason to stay tuned into you through the season, through Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So over the course of these you know, four days, we have this 25% off site-wide clarity for the general consumer, easy to understand on the website. But in these channels where you can communicate a little bit more specificity, every four to eight hours, again, depending on your capacity to manage this on a creative production schedule, do these special drops. Like leverage this idea that like, ooh, I should be checking in on this SMS all the time to see when the thing that I want might hit an additional plus up moment. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something that Dollar Shave Club did really well is they, they made people who were on the email and SMS list 
feel like they were on the inside, that there was something special about them by receiving these exclusive offers inside of that channel. And I think that's a good strategy. I think it's a good way to, to merchandise or differentiate your customer base a little bit. Right. And that, that then plays in, of course, to point eight here, which is integrating VIP and loyalty programs for LTV as well. Again, just, yeah, that idea of rewarding people for sticking around and for coming to you on Black Friday. Good. Now, the thing I do want to say, though, I think you have to be careful that what you should do is give your most loyal, most likely to purchase customers a bigger discount than everybody else. So I would be careful with that. Mm -hmm. So instead, I would think about whether it's early access so that they make sure that they get the best inventory. That's a good idea. Or giving them, again, exclusive drop offers on subsets of products. I don't think that the necessary, the best way to create the most value is to give your best customers a bigger discount mm. because they probably don't need it. And so that's, I think you run a little bit of a risk of being too margin destructive. So I like early access to the sales so that they have the first pick of the inventory if there's going to be any inventory risk. And then I also like special plus ups on subsets of SKUs or exclusive products, but I don't like bigger discount for your core customer. Right. Okay. So then I think we pop on to nine and 10 or pretty, are, we've sort of touched on a little bit. So the point of, around nine is observing certain brands who were able to message around the moment in a way that spoke to their specific audience. So we already touched on that a little bit. The Starbucks Red Cup was one example. And then uh, a couple of brands. So REI was the big one that you pointed out as well. High Snobiety. Is that how you, I've never heard that sit out loud, but uh, them as well. Ran basically a sort of an anti-Black Friday campaign as well. There were a couple of brands who did that. Um, so again, this just sort of speaks to that idea of like, what do, what are your consumers expecting from you? What's on brand? I mean, we mentioned Cards Against Humanity as well. And then making sure to lean into that and, and break through the noise again with the messaging, but not with the clarity of the offer. Yeah. Anything to add there? It's sort of like trying to be the funny guy when that's not your brand. <laughs> you know, it's like if you're a comedian, then tell a joke on Black Friday. Mm -hmm. But if you're selling sweaters all year, and then you want to turn around and be the like funny, clever brand, it's going gonna, it's gonna to miss the moment. So if you're the contrarian brand that's always pressing against culture and the mainstream and you're, um, that's who you are, then yeah, come up with a way to do that in this moment, right? Yeah. If you're a brand that's raging against consumerism, then sure, you probably have a message to share here on this day of consumerism. But if that's not you, mm -hmm. then run a discount and <laughs> capture value and give your customers what they want, you know? And so I think it's just a matter of, continuity of brand in a way that, yeah, we should expect Cards Against Humanity to do something ridiculous. The game is ridiculous, mm -hmm. you know? And I think like if you look at number 10, when we start talking about this idea of gamifying things, yeah, like Shinesty, again, their brand is predicated on ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. Like that's the brand. And so the sale should be ridiculous. You should almost expect that I have to jump through some insane hoops because that's who wears Christmas suits to Christmas parties, <laughs> you know? Like it's like, they're, they're on brand for who they are. And so I think that's a lot of it. It's just, again, be who you are. It's not the moment to deviate significantly from that. Right. Cool. So I think, well, I mean, honestly, that, that does cover all 10 of our points here. But I think, th are there any, is there anything specifically that you want to maybe dive into a little bit deeper or that we haven't talked about thus far? The last thing, uh, and we're going to talk a lot about this over the course of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, is... Another trope you're going to hear besides the Drew Sanaki discount is you're going to hear that Black Friday, Cyber Monday customers are bad for you. Yeah. This is wrong. This is wrong. This data is inaccurate. 
Okay, what people are going to try to cite is the decrease in LTV that you get off the customers that you acquire in this period. We have data around that, and it, it does exist, and it is small. But that's not how we think about the value of a customer. The value of the customer is relative to their value against the cost to acquire them. And when you look at LTV to CAC of any customer cohort throughout the year, this is actually the best customer. It's the most efficient when you think about the, that relationship. The efficiency to acquire them against their value over the long term, it's the best customer that you'll get all year. Mm -hmm. And that is like the part that is, again, narrative violation. So one of the things I would really encourage you to do, avoid any single anecdote that you read, seek out a largest sample of data that you can, and then also prioritize into understanding your individual data. What is the value of your customers that you've acquired of this? How can you look at that cohort against the efficiency against? So intimately understand your data, Avoid anecdote and go get as many customers as you can. Yeah. Hell yeah. And speaking of data, boy, do we have some data for you. So this is, uh, again, the Black Friday Cyber Monday offer database is what it's called. It contains, again, information on offers that goes down to offer type, what happened on Black Friday, what happened on Cyber Monday, breaks all the information down by industry vertical, and then also contains, again, and, and this is honestly one of the biggest values of it is almost as a swipe file screenshots of 3,000 or 3,000 screenshots rather that correspond to the different brands that are in the database that allow you to see exactly what they did on Black Friday. And from that to sort of think through exactly what you're going to do this Black Friday. So uh, check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes for you to get it. It's 99 bucks. Come over to our site and uh, check it out. Yep, absolutely. 3,152 examples, sortable. If you need inspiration, now nah, this is it. Go get it. <laughs> so there you go. All right, folks, thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next week.